we would be, oh, goody, it's good snow. We don't have to go to school. And Dad goes, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I know that I, I remember I, I I never had to do it, but I do sympathize because I did watch my dad do it. It was not an easy job. My son lives in Florida, so every time we'd get a snowstorm up here, I'd call him and tell him, you need to come up right now. I need help. What did he say? It's like, sometimes you go, okay, I'll be there like in an hour. I'm like, yeah, sure you will. Yeah, especially when it's really, when it's really heavy. It's hard to do that by yourself. Yes. It's 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 a workout. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was one of the reasons Dad was glad to come back to LA. <laughs> yeah. When we moved home it was like a relief, no more snow. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's every time I like living in um in New York, but every time it snows I, I feel like I need to move to Florida. And then once we get into spring and summer, that thought goes away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how everybody thinks of Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as soon as it gets cold. I don't know. There used to be a big community of uh, older people in Miami. Um, I don't know if they still do that. That there they would be New Yorkers that would go to Florida during the winter. Yeah. I don't know I if know. they still do that. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the advertising agencies that I used to work at, there was one guy there who he would spend like six months in Florida and six months in New York every year. Well, wow, that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. Did he have a house in both places? Yes, he had a house in Florida and he had a house in New York. Wow. So he would just pack up the family and he would leave as soon as it got cold. Yeah, there are people in England like that too. Mm-hmm. That they, they're in England for six months of the year and then they go to the continent, like Italy right. or someplace like that when it gets uh-huh. cold. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Because that must be a really nice lifestyle. It might. It must be. I. I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm a middle class girl. I don't know nothing about that lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. We can only imagine. Yeah. Well, I can read about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of like reading stuff like uh, there's a series of stories by Agatha Christie um, called the Harley Quinn stories. And uh, one of the characters, Mr. Satherway, he's like that. He's he he travels with the you know the sun. He goes to like uh, south of France or to some um, I forgot some place in the Caribbean, and then he, he he goes wherever it's nice. He only comes to England when uh, hunting season and the. Um, the season where they have debutantes and they present people to the court. I forgot what they call it. I guess they call it a season. Um, and that's when he... I'm like, that must be nice. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, I can only <coughs> I can only dream of those kinds of lifestyles. Yeah. Well, that's why you read books. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe if there's a, a second lifetime, if there's a next lifetime, maybe I'll get into that. Maybe that'll be me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to count on it. <laughs> <laughs> if I get reincarnated, it'll probably be as a fish. <laughs> maybe a cat. <laughs> right. Oh, maybe a cat. Or maybe a dog. I don't know why I'm thinking animal, but I don't know. <laughs> they don't call that reincarnation. They call that transmutation. It's actually really interesting because I was reading uh, books on Hinduism and stuff like that. The the uh, They have a whole thing. But the thing that really turned me off of that was that there's a really lovely story about a man and a swan. His swan is his baby, his pet. He loves it more than anything else. So when he dies, he calls the swan's name and not the Hindu god's name. And because he didn't say Rama when he died, he became a swan <laughs> in his next life. And I thought, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I, guess, that's... I guess he messed up. Yeah, I said, that's not fair. He just loves it. It's like his baby. <laughs> oh, man. If you love that so much, you can be one. <laughs> yeah. I I was like, oh, I read, because I, I love reading, uh, I love comparative religions. I love reading other cultures and other religions and all that stuff. I think it's fascinating. And I was like, but that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was in college when I read that. <laughs> but I was just, uh, yeah, it kind of turned me off. <laughs> I don't think I would be a Hindu. <laughs> not with that philosophy. I think love right. is far more important than anything else in my own philosophy. <laughs> uh. But I mean, no, it's it's really interesting the 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 ideas that they that's in it and there's um they had some of the first uh, epic stories before the Greeks the Indians they had the Bhagavad Gita and there's another one I can't think of the name but they were like the the stories of good versus evil and these titanic wars that with the gods and humans and all these wonderful, fantastical creatures all fighting with each other. This was before the Greeks. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And a lot of, some of the fantasy stuff that we have today, like the dragons and stuff like that, that actually came from Indian lore. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, um, some of the... Uh, British storytellers uh, got a hold of those um, thanks to the good old printing press um, <laughs> and um, and started uh, yeah they started writing stories about um, uh, uh, knights and ladies and dragons and the whole schmear <laughs> the Arthurian uh, legends <laughs> oh okay yeah I didn't know I didn't know that's where it came from isn't that interesting? I didn't know until I read that. Um, but yeah, it was before oh, yeah. the Greeks. 
Right. And everybody loves dragons. Anybody into sci-fi and fantasy loves like dragons and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, they're cool. Mm-hmm. I like the um, the contest in Harry Potter where the with the dragons. That was so cool. <laughs> I think that was one of the things that made um, Game of Thrones such a big thing. It's like, you know, the dragons that were in there, like... Yeah, the... yeah. And yeah. still a big thing. Yeah. I I actually... Um, I, I watch a, a thing on YouTube that's called BookTube. Yo- mm. A lot of young people, which makes me at my heart sing that all these young people love to read books. Mm. You know... I'd say they're about, there's older people, but the base of it is like, mm. I'd say about 18 to 25, they're all young. Yeah. And I like, it's the, it makes me really feel good because for years, the younger people I knew just didn't read. Huh. And it's so well, much, it's so nice that they're all reading. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. But yeah, that's the uh, I was listening to one uh, last night before I went to bed, and they had um, they were both reading um, Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. They it was like a thing where they would read and then talk about what they read and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm like, oh my god! So they were talking about the dragons and all that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm like. Um... I guess maybe the, the Harry Potter series that like brought in a lot of like new readers who were interested in you know the the Harry Harry Potter story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Harry Potter was wonderful for reading. That was one of because all the young people not only wanted the books, they read those books. Yeah. They were passionately waiting for the next book was because they were reading them. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a collector thing that they want because there are stuff like that. There are book series that people do to just collect because the books are pretty. They got gold on them and they have real pretty embossing or they have really lovely end papers. So they they collect the books and that's fine. But with Harry Potter, these people were reading them and they wanted to know what the next story was. And, yeah. And the other one that was like that was Percy Jackson. The, those stories were the same. They, they passionately were reading and waiting for the next issue of it, you know? Right. That's good. To me, yeah. it makes me happy. They're reading. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a positive thing, you know? They're not reading these horrible dystopian things where the world's going to hell. We we have enough of that in real life. Who wants to read about it? Right. <laughs> Plus all the movies about it. I know, and, and and that's another thing. I I kind of stopped watching sci-fi and fantasy for a while because they were all dystopian. <laughs> Every single one, and I'm like, I'm more of a Star Trek, uh, Harry Potter, Percy Jackson kind of girl. You know, I like positive stories with a light at the end of the tunnel, and and these stories are also dark. I'm like, gee, it's just like life. That doesn't help me. <laughs> I guess there's a big audience for that because they keep making them like every year. I know. I'm not a big fan. Do you like those, the dystopian things? Um, some of them. And it was the name of that um, series. Um, the Walking Dead. 
Oh, really? That yeah. has a huge audience. I've never watched it, but it seems like it has a huge audience. I remember I went to Comic Con. I'm not a fan of zombies, so I actually am, I never read it, never watched it. But I remember I went to a Comic Con and they had a Walking Dead event, and they walked across the, the in front of Comic Con as Walking Dead, and I'm like, huh? this is ridiculous. <laughs> My son watched the whole series. He just tell me, Dad, you have to watch this. It's really good. So I tell him, okay, I'll get to it one day. One of these days, I'll get to it. And are you? Um, if, I, if I'll get to it? Yeah. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many zombie movies out there that I'm, I guess I'm not really that interested in watching a zombie movie because it, they're pretty much all the same. Yeah. I mean, the, the the zombie movie that I really liked was World War Z. And I think I liked that more than the others because those zombies, like, moved really fast mm. as opposed to the ones that just, you know, they're just trudging along, walking along real, real slow. But in World War Z, like, you know, you had to sprint to get away from those guys. But <laughs> so I really liked that one. Like, maybe if in a... If The Walking Dead, if they had those kind of zombies versus the other ones that move really slow, maybe I'd be more interested. But, you know, they're they're all just like, you know, just trudging along like you could outwalk all of those zombies. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to run. Yeah, you could just walk away from them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, it's like um, I was watching, I, 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 I like, I don't mind it when it's a comedy, you know, like, um, uh, a spoof or a parody of it and stuff like that. So I, I watched those. I was watching one of those. It was like, oh my god, you, you, she doesn't have to run up the stairs. He's going really slow. You, she, she could start uh, climbing up on the roof and leaving by the time he actually makes yeah. it up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so many of those. I think that's probably why I haven't watched The Walking Dead yet. It's just not. It's just also just not for me. I don't. I don't know. I just, I'm not a big horror fan anyway, but I just. I, I, I really don't like horror. But uh, I, I like I said, I've watched it in comedies, spoofs and stuff. I'm like, no, zombies are just not really even funny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they make another um, another World War Z one. I want to see another one of those. Well. I mean, if it's a really good movie, I'm sure that they probably are. I don't know. When did that come out? Uh, this was some time ago. Uh, um, I don't remember what year, but it's it's been a while now. If it was popular, they'll probably do a remake. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought they were going to do another one. I guess they haven't come up with a good plot yet. But there's one scene in there that, that, that I, like, it was pretty funny. The, the zombies were running so fast that they turned into this big ball of rolling zombies. Ew. <laughs> they were trying moving so fast. Ew. So it was just, like, different from, like, you know, the regular zombie movies. I think that's why I liked it. And who was in that? Was anybody famous in it? Yeah, that was, um, oh, what's his name? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt was in it? Yeah, he was the star of that movie. Oh, my God. How the grade have fallen. <laughs> I think it did pretty well at the box office, though. Oh. 
Yeah, I know that. Uh, I don't. I know horror movies are popular. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to watch it again. <laughs> I was really happy I, that um, Jamie Lee Curtis won the Oscar for. It wasn't a horror movie, but it was uh, a genre movie about time travel and stuff. Um. No, she was the. Uh, she came. From, she uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is from an acting family. Tony Curtis, Lee. and she's the first one to win an Oscar. They've all been nominated, but she was the first one to actually win. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> yes, that, that's great. That's because of the genre, you know. The genre movies they don't they very rarely win an Oscar. <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, mystery, science fiction, fantasy, they just, they, it's like, oh, well, that's not real acting. It's not real writing. What the heck do you mean it's not real? <laughs> do, you, do you think all the stuff that's on television and movies is real? <laughs> It's called fiction for a reason. Right. I, 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 it always bothers me that um, they they make them um, second, even though mysteries and science fiction fan are much more popular than a lot of the other kinds of stuff that uh, are produced. They, 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 they are looked down on. Uh, you know, oh, it's just genre. I'm like, uh, I hate to tell you, but everything you read is a genre. Uh, everything you watch is a genre. <laughs> uh, I don't like snobbiness. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just that, you know, people have their, their preferences, and they just gravitate towards that. Hey, I like classic films and classic books and stuff like that, but I also like science fiction mysteries and fantasy. I mean, I, it, it, a good story is a good story. It doesn't matter what it's about. If it's a good story, then it's enjoyable. That's right. just the way it is. Um, don't you think that? I mean, about and that's yeah. anything. If it's a, it's well done, it doesn't matter what it's about. Yes, that's true. Um, now, I want to ask you, um, you're an artist and illustrator. What started you working as an artist? Well, when I, you know, when I was little, I I used to read a lot of comic books, and I always wanted to be a comic book illustrator. So you know, I used to like draw all of these comic book characters, you know, Spider-Man, Superman, all that sort of stuff. And then when I came to the United States. I wanted to go to school to, you know, to learn that kind of thing, but there wasn't really a, um, like a course for like, you know, comic book illustration. So when I went to school, I ended up in advertising because that was the closest thing where, you know, you could like do like illustration and drawing and conceptual stuff. So I ended up um, doing an advertising course um, in Brooklyn for a while. So then... You know, at that time, I wanted to be a, um, an art director. That, mm -hmm. that was the goal. Mm -hmm. So when I left, I was trying to get, you know, assistant art director positions. I was going to all these ad agencies, taking my portfolio around, trying to get that position. And I couldn't find anything. But what had happened 
earlier on is um, they had a contest at um, the school and I had won the contest so they they put me into an ad agency for like six months that was Benton and Bowles back in the day and then I met a guy there who he was like a staff comp artist so he did like all of the sketch work in the agency and we became friends and so from there after you know being in his his office all the time watching him do all of this this illustration I wanted to do it too so then that's where I kind of started focusing more on art because you know I wasn't really getting anywhere like the art director thing mm-hmm. so what he would do was I would like you know do artwork I would take it to him show him show it to him he'd like give me corrections and give me pointers he would tell me you know what kind of markers to buy, what kind of color pencils. So he set me up with everything I needed, like all the marker pads and everything that I would need to, you know, like do artwork. So from there, I just like started spending a lot of time just practicing and drawing. And I got to the point where I started, instead of going around looking for art um, art director, assistant art director positions, I started going <laughs> looking around for like, comp artist um, positions so this same guy he was really busy at one point so this agency called him to come in to do some work but he couldn't go so he called me and asked if I wanted to go show my portfolio you know he'd let the studio manager know so I took my portfolio showed it to the studio manager he brought in a couple of art directors that needed work to be done they looked at my portfolio and they, they said, okay, you know, I think he's, he's good. He could do this job. And then after that, I did, I worked for like, I think it was maybe two or three days. I can't remember now. And then after that, they just started calling me in all the time. So that's kind of where the whole illustration thing started. Just from doing like, you know, pre-production artwork. That's cool. Yeah. So... Is that uh, is that still how you make your living? Is the um, well, yeah, I'm 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 retired now, but that's what I did for a long time. I did that for probably twenty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then during this time when I used to go between these agencies doing pre pre production art, now this was at a time before the computers came in. Mm-hmm. Like everything we used to do, it was like color pencil, magic marker, and gouache is what, you know, everybody used to use. So when the computers came in now, like a lot of people started moving towards the computer. And as that became more prevalent, they started to take work away from people who were doing like marker comps and everything. So I decided like, you know, I have to get into this whole computer thing because I can see that work is moving. So I went out, I got a whole computer set up and I taught myself how to use Photoshop and I started to, you know, do work in Photoshop for the ad agencies. So once I had Photoshop now, that's when I started to try to do uh, more finished pieces of artwork. So it kind of went from there, from, you know, doing magic marker comps to like working in Photoshop for like all my illustrations. So that's that's all I do now. Like everything I do is in Photoshop. So that was like a long process of like, you know, just 
getting good at using the program and being able to sketch and paint in it. Because I think um, Photoshop was initially set up like more for photography. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of artists started using it. They, they, there was so much in there that you could actually use it for illustration purposes. Uh, so it went there. So that's where, how I got to doing sci-fi and fantasy work. Interesting. Yeah. And what is your what what is your inspiration for your uh, sci-fi and fantasy work? Did you have a favorite illustrator, or is was it a book cover, or how did you start wanting to do that? Well, um, one of the artists that I really love was um, Frank Frazetta and Boris Vallejo. So I used to look at a lot of their work and try to emulate what they were doing. So I think that's how I started getting into the whole science fiction and fantasy thing. And then, you know, as time went by and, you know, more artists started putting their work up on the internet, I started finding more and more artists that were, you know, did that, that genre. And, you know, that's, that's how I got to where I am now. That's, that was like my inspiration of just looking at all these fantastic pieces of artwork that these people were putting out. You know, so, like, sometimes I'd see a piece of artwork, like, let's say there's a battle scene, which I've never, I've never done a battle scene before. I'd look at it and I'd think, I wonder if I could do something like that. And then I'd just start sketching and try to, like, you know, do my own battle scene. Or if I see, like, some kind of a character with wings or, you know, I'd look at it and I'd think, I wonder if I could do a character like that with wings. So that's how I'd give myself assignments. Like, you know, just to like, like, like one of the things that I had a problem doing one time was like, you know, doing water. So I gave myself an assignment to do um, a mermaid just so I could practice to do water. So now I'm, I'm pretty decent at doing water. So everything I do is like an assignment where I'm weak at doing something. And by giving myself the assignment, by the time I'm, I do one or two of them, I'm way much better. <laughs> That's a uh, good idea. That's excellent. Uh, yeah, like um, landscapes. I, I was scared to tackle landscapes at one time, and I thought to myself, well, I'll just start doing landscapes. So now I have no problem doing landscapes, city scenes, like all of that. You know, so I, I find that, you know, whatever I feel like I'm weak in, I have to give myself projects so I can tackle that thing and learn more about it and how to do it. I think that's probably yeah. a great way to go about getting over a block, because it's really yes. just a block in your head. Yeah. And the, the thing with um, like doing sci-fi and fantasy artwork is like, I know I hear like some artists will say they have artist block and they can't, you know, they don't know what to draw or what to do. But there's there's so much that you can do in sci-fi and fantasy. It's like never ending. There's always something that you can find to do. Like I I never run out of an idea, <laughs> to, you know, if I want to do something in sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, I can see that. Actually, uh, I'm looking at my unicorn. I have a little unicorn, uh, little, not a statue, what do you call it? It's just a little, little, um, little, uh, unicorn that you put on your shelf. (laughs) I I love that kind of thing. They're so pretty. Um, but I, I actually had a beautiful Pegasus, but it was made of glass that I got at um, a place called Magic Mountain here in California. But unfortunately, it got destroyed in the earthquake. (laughs) Uh. 
Yeah. Did, you, did you try to get another one? I just haven't found one that I liked like that. This one was really pretty. It had different color pinks. It was like, and uh, it just, it was gorgeous. It was just, it was just beautiful. And I just haven't found one that touched me. Like, you know, when you buy something like that, it has to touch you. <laughs> and so, no, not yet. And I also had like a piano and a little bench. And the piano broke in uh, one quake, and the bench broke in another quake. And I was like, gosh. Wow. <laughs> the quakes are great ganging up on you. Yeah, it's not really very smart to have stuff made of glass. <laughs> but it's so pretty. <laughs> Someday I'm going to get I'm going to get an, uh, another Pegasus though, because it was so beautiful. There's probably one out there. You just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I'll probably get a different color. Right. Not pink. I'll get like a blue one or something. <laughs> <laughs> or purple. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I just like the legends of the unicorn and Pegasus. That's why I like them. <laughs> wow. Do you use Greek myths in your art? Um, I'm, I've, I've never really looked into anything... Um, specific as far as myths or you know I'll just like like whenever I go looking at the artwork and I see something that I like I just try to do something like that you know, so I never like do any research into anything like that because you know I, I'm bouncing around so much between sci-fi and fantasy work that you know I, I just never really look too deeply into it because I'm, I'm mostly about just you know doing a really nice piece of artwork yeah yeah, I just like mythology. I think it's yeah. cool. <laughs> and I have to admit, I as much, I love art. I love art. But as much as I do, I love reading. <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't get to do that much reading anymore. Like most of my time spent, I'm at the computer doing artwork. <laughs> like every every chance I get. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Um. How did you find out about Illustrators of the Future? Oh, um, I I joined some some art pages on Facebook. So every now and then I'll go to those art pages to look at the artwork, you know, see what people are posting. And I was reading through the comment section, and somebody in the comment section mentioned the contest. So from there I did a web search, and I found the contest. So that's how I heard about it. It was just, you know, somebody in the comment section mentioning it. And um, and how did you find out um, that you were going to, you know, that you won and you're going to go to the banquet and all that stuff? Oh, I got a, a phone call. I, was it, I think it might have been from Joni. Yeah, somebody called me and told me that I won. So that's how, that's how um, I found out about winning. It was just a phone call. Did you squeal? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Did you squeal? <laughs> I was I was trying to stay calm. I didn't want to get too excited. So I was like, even though I was a little excited, I was like, oh, that's great. And then after, you know, after we hung up, I was like, yeah, got in there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I got <clears throat> an acting part, I wasn't, I didn't try to cover up my joy at all. I screamed in the poor woman's ear. 
No, I was trying to. I was trying to be calm. I was like, oh, okay. So you know, after after we hung up, that's when I let it out. Yeah. And I called a couple of my friends and let them know my uh, my niece. Uh, that's so exciting, though. Yeah. And um, uh, have you have you been to the event yet? No. Um, I'm supposed to go in. Um, is it next month? So I haven't been to the. I haven't been to any of the events yet. This is my first time entering. So you're going to come here to California? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm supposed to be out there. Are you excited? Uh, yeah. It's really, it, I think that's cool. The, from what I understand, the workshops and the banquet are magnificent. Yeah, yeah, it, it should It should be good. It should be a lot of fun. Do you, um, um, can, do you have the book there? Or the, do you know what book you're in? And could you read it? It's name um, and no, the title. I, think, I don't think that. Um, I think there's a pre-order out for that book. I don't think it's out yet. I think it's volume um, thirty-nine. Do you know what the name but, of it is? Ah, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I would have to. I'd have to look. I think it's the, the 39th edition. It's 39. So it's Writers and Illustrators of the Future, Volume 39. Oh, okay. I, I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah I think, aren't they all the same? It's just the, the volume that changes on the name, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I, a first-timer, you know, for <laughs> what's going on. I, I think it's, the, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who funded the thing, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, L. Ron Hubbard's uh, Writers and Illustrators of the Future. Yes, yes. That's that's what it's called. Yes. Um, sorry. I, you know, when you get older, you blank out on things. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, like I, I have to write everything down now, and like. I'll make notes and I'll put it by the kitchen table because you know I have to go into the kitchen, so then it'll be right there. If I don't do that, I just forget stuff. I know it, it's so weird. Do you ever like you're you're you have you go oh I gotta do something get up to do it and by the time you get into the other room what was I gonna do? Yes, yes, all the time. Like, I'll come upstairs and I forget what I was gonna do. I have to go back downstairs and then a couple of minutes later I remember. Then I have to come back upstairs again. Uh, it was like, why couldn't I remember that I didn't yes. have to go up and down the stupid stairs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, yeah, I think it happens to everybody. Like, some of my friends, they tell me the same thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, my brother's four years younger, and he's doing it, too. He's ha- he yeah. has to write notes. He forgets. Yeah. But my, my son was here with me for um, for a little while, and he's like 32, and it's happening to him already. I I actually blame uh, the the cell phone and Google for that. It's partially it's also age, but also I, you know, it's sort of eating our brains because it it used to be in the old days you just remember stuff. Now now you you can't you can't remember what do you do? You immediately go to Google so you can look it up instead of using your brain. I mean, um, before, a long time ago, um, like probably like before the pagers came in back then, 
like I could remember maybe about six different phone numbers. Mm-hmm. So I could just take my phone, I could just dial a phone number, I would remember. I can't remember not one phone number now. I can't even remember <laughs> my own remember phone, phone number. Huh? I can't even remember my own phone number. I always have to have, <laughs> like, I have um, some cards I made up for when I was at convention. So if somebody wanted to uh, call me, so I had some business cards made up. I actually have to use those cards if I have to call someplace to remember my own phone number to give, like, a bank or something. <laughs> Isn't that sad? <laughs> I guess you get um, you start to rely on technology. So, you know, you, you have your phone, you can just hit a couple of buttons and they'll call somebody. So, you know, nobody tries to remember phone numbers anymore. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, and they uh, it's so funny because young people, we have terms that young people don't even know anymore. Like, uh, there was a famous movie called Dylan for Murder uh, with Grace Kelly. And uh, one of my friends, her daughter loves Grace Kelly. She um, She's about 20. And she was watching a, bun- a bunch of her movies because... You know, nowadays you don't. <laughs> all you have to do is go to like HBO, and you can see all the movies or TM or you know. <laughs> um, and so she she uh, pulled up one and she says, "Mom, what's dial mean? What does dial mean? What do they mean by dial? I mean, she goes, is it like the dial on a um, a sun clock or is uh-huh. it, what, what what are they talking about she never because right. they didn't have phones anymore that you have dials so they don't uh-huh. just and she goes well back in the old days honey <laughs> yeah she goes man that made me feel old <laughs> <laughs> you know um on instagram talking about those dial phones I saw this little clip where this guy, he had one of those dial phones, Mm -hmm. and he was asking this high schooler, like, if he knew what this was. And the the kid is looking at it like, no, what what is that? I I don't know what that is. It was one of the old dial phones. Yeah. Yeah. He had no idea what he was looking at. I, I, I think I saw one of those, too. They're like... Well, I know some kind in a phone because it has the they under they recognize the the phone piece, right? But they don't understand how does it work? <laughs> right. Okay, he's, he's looking at you know this dial and there's some numbers because the guy he didn't that the the piece that you put to your ear he didn't have that on the phone he took oh, that off. Oh, just, oh, oh. Yeah, it was just the base. Now, if he had that piece, now he probably would have got it that it's some kind of a phone. But the guy wasn't showing that part; just just the piece of the phone. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. a difference. Okay, I yeah. understand. Oh, poor kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like uh, well, for me, uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, area code or numbers. But when my mom and dad were kids, it was uh, a word. Like, um, I, like my dad was from New York, so uh, one of it was, oh, I can't remember, there was, like, names of, like, cities, These, this um, this section and that section. So the, the area code was actually the first three letters of the area that they lived in. 
So, like, you live in Park Avenue, so it would be P-A-R for Park Avenue, you know, like that. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, like, you watch, um, it was actually a clue in an old murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, um, uh, he, the, the detective figured out, um, who the murderer was because they actually dialed it into the phone. But so he asked every single person where uh, they were from and and what their the, the spelling of their name and the people who were um living outside of uh Manhattan. He said, "Okay, you guys can go." <laughs> and he kept the people who lived in New York and then um he like he would say, okay, no, it's not this person because their first name begins with a Z, and there is no Z exchange, so that person can go. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I can't remember. There was like another person that uh, the dial uh, old fashioned dial that they used to have, where you go dial dial dial. It had like. A zero X and Y or something. So if you dialed that, you would have gotten the operator. So that person can go. <laughs> uh. Isn't that interesting? Uh. But that was well, before my of, time. <laughs> speaking of the operators, I remember I used to see these images on TV of like there's a, a string of women sitting in a line mm-hmm. and they all have headphones on mm-hmm. and they're, they're plugging these <laughs> These, These monstrosities—big, huh? <laughs> ugly boards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Making connections, connecting people with these big, just giant, big, giant board. Lily Tomlin used to have the funniest routine. She played Ernestine, the operator, huh. <laughs> from um, um, what a pa- um, something tell. I forgot the name of the old telephone company. But she was from that telephone company. And she would go, one ringy-dingy, two (laughs) ringy-dingies. And it was like my brother said, he goes, nobody would get that today. (laughs) Because you don't go through an operator and there's no dials. (laughs) I mean, when do you dial? use an operator now? Everything is so digital. You don't need to use it ever use an operator anymore. Yeah. And yet that was a very important job back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's instant connection now. Yeah. The world has changed. Um I know you you're an artist. Do you have anything that's an art show or any kind of uh illustrations that are gonna be coming out that you'd like to tell people about? Um, no, not really. Um, I just have my work up on the on the internet, but no art shows or anything like that. Do you have what's your website so people can look at it? Well, um, I have a site, um, Art Station, and that is it's just um Clarence Bateman. Let me look at this. It's artstation.com backslash cbate, C-B-A-T-E. 
<laughs> but I mean, you know, just like, because I did a search on Google for my, my name one time and like all my websites came up. Okay. Like my art station, Facebook, everything came up. Do you know what your um, your name is on like um, Instagram or um, or yeah, um, yeah. on Instagram it's Clarence Bateman Art. Okay. And are you on Pinterest? Yes, I have some work up on Pinterest. And I forgot what I'm using on Pinterest. Oh, okay. Um, is it clear? It would it be on your art station as they go there that they would see the different kinds of like your Facebook page and all that. Yes, yeah, I have like different art up on all my um, my pages. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I wanna um, thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with me. Okay, you're welcome. Um, thank you for chatting with Sherry.